Daver here. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, I'm Chad. And Chandler's back as well. How are we doing, Dave? Oh, we're doing it so beautifully. Uh, good episode of Dynamite uh, coming at us from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, that's uh, where Jim Ross is from, Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. This was a hot crowd. Oh, boy, did that really help the matches. I mean, they were great matches, but it really made it feel like a must-see episode of Dynamite just because that crowd was so intense. You know, I got to say, um, with Jim Ross not being around very often with his uh, illness, when he is there and healthy, it really, like, added to the experience for the main event. Like, uh, I think that would be perfect for, for you know, using him. Main event, dynamite, collision, and then, like, the main event of pay-per-views. That's all we need uh, his contract is about to be up too. So I think they should uh, iron that out, get him back, uh, make it count when he uh, actually, you know, shows up. Yeah, uh, it's great. It's yeah. like if they use him sparingly, he's like, he sounded great. He had lots of energy. He had good input. I think it was like when he was on there full time, he was um, definitely kind of wasn't good for good for him because he, by the end, he sounded pretty burnout and didn't really care. Yeah, I definitely got that nostalgia feel uh, with him being there for Dynamite. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, good, uh, good hot crowd, like you said, Chandler. Uh, Swerve had the uh, crowd in the palm of his hand. Uh, it's definitely Swerve's house there in uh, Oklahoma City. I wrote down uh, somewhere. Yeah. I was like, this isn't even Seattle. Like, what the hell is going on with this? This makes no sense, but I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going with, uh, it's officially a meteoric rise going on with, uh, Swerve right now. He is rocket to the back to the moon, baby. <laughs> so, think a little bit of a tease for later on. We'll talk about it more, but, uh, what do you think? Swerve MJF going to be the feud of 2024? I, if it yeah. happens, have you heard MJF still hasn't re-signed with AEW supposedly? So... I don't think, you know, no one knows the truth, mm -hmm. really. Yeah, I, I don't think if he was, I don't think if he was, wasn't intending on signing, though, they wouldn't be starting a feud like that. Maybe they're, maybe they're like dangling all this stuff, like you'll have a great match with Wardlow, a great match with whoever the devil is, a great match with Swerve, and then, you know, that'll lead MGF to make his call, I don't know, on December 30th or whatever, but... We'll see when we get there. We want to get started onto the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they started right off the bat. No intro. We're right into wrestling. I'm really liking uh, that format. Uh, Continental Classic, Gold League match. Uh, one that I've really been waiting patiently for. Uh, Swerve Strickland with uh, nine points going into it with a uh, kind of an upset lost to John Moxley and we got Roosh uh with six points coming into it um yeah definitely uh crowd behind swerve a uh, lot of uh really loud chops throughout the match uh you can count on that with Roosh any Roosh match 
Um, yeah, really great uh, mat wrestling, some good chain wrestling uh, early on. Uh, and I've had a uh, an epiphany that I think my favorite style of wrestling is good chain mat wrestling. Watching that really uh, gets me going. Uh, so, yeah, we got a little bit of that in the beginning. Uh, Roosh dives on the outside onto Swerve. Uh, his leg ends up kind of getting hurt. Uh, we get Roosh uh, kicking Swerve in the face, doing his uh, pose. But uh, Swerve must have had that scouted because he literally jumped immediately up into a uh, Juji Katami onto Roosh. Uh, yeah, re really innovative offense. Uh, we get a power slam to Swerve for a two later on. Swerve goes after Roosh's hurt leg, um, kind of focusing on that. We get Roosh flipping Swerve onto the apron, then slamming Swerve into the barricades around the ring. Uh, we get back-to-back -back release German suplexes. Uh, then we get simultaneous rolling elbow strikes and pump kicks. Both men go down for a six count. Uh, then we got Roosh going for the bull's horns, but his hurt leg can't take the pressure. It gives out. We get a half crab into a stretch muffler to Roosh. Uh, more really loud chops, uh, straight jacket pile driver uh, for a two count on a swerve uh, out of nowhere. Uh, more chops on the apron. We get Roosh doing a belly to belly suplex on swerve on the floor. Uh, really bad landing, uh, looked painful. Uh, we get a two count from that. Um, <laughs> I wrote down there was a I love QTV in, in the crowd at this point. Oh my uh, gosh. Why? why? Why would you why would you bring that to a show, man? There was another did you see the uh I wish I was at Nitro sign, Dave? No. You did it? It was really no. close to I think okay, so I didn't notice it until about 30 minutes in. But there was literally a sign that said, I'd rather be watching Nitro or I wish this was Nitro or something like that. So, well, yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. <laughs> uh, after I noticed that sign, Roosh uh, missed a senton onto Swerve. Uh, Swerve hit a 450 splash for only a one count. What a badass. Uh, we get a brain buster to Roosh for a two count. Uh, house call to Roosh. Uh, <laughs> then he gets up to the top rope. The crowd comes unglued for Swerve. Uh, we get a uh, Swerve stomp for the win. Man, yeah, he uh, he needed that. Uh, yeah, great match. Tons of uh, violence, brutality. Uh, both men came out looking like a million bucks even though roosh uh didn't end up winning he looked great yeah no complaints i think for me i was just stunned that roosh took a clean loss i think that's i wasn't expecting it and so for him to just not kick out and 
that's it. Roosh is out of the tournament. I was like, oh, okay, all righty. Well, I'll take it. I love Swerve. But I think my favorite part of that match was right as Swerve hit that 450. And, you know, Roosh had that big kick out of one. It's like he felt was, he was offended by that. He's like, you're not going to beat me by some flippy move. I'm Roosh. And so I just thought that was really fun. What's funny is, you know, despite the fact, like, how much I love Swerve, this is my third favorite Continental Classic match of the night. Yeah, yeah. The um, the entrances, both those guys look like a million bucks. Like, Swerve just had that new newfound presence he's been uh, developing. I was like, that. he looks like a big deal. Then Roosh came out, and he had the big, crazy robe on. I was like, whoa. Uh it was just, it was a great way to start the show. Like, reminds me, like, when uh, AEW first came out, their first match was always super hot. They never had commercials during the first match ever. It was a similar kind of feeling where you're like, oh, yeah, you're in for a good night now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was super jazzed, and it was a great, great start to the show. Uh, the whole show ended up being pretty phenomenal, I thought. So, yeah, they, uh, they, they did a good job uh, setting the stage. In fact, I had a pretty hard time picking a low point for later tonight. I have one, but we'll get to it. It wasn't like egregious. It wasn't like last week with the Golden Jet segment, but I thought it was like pretty. I thought it jumped the shark for a, a story we've had, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. After the match, we get a uh, kind of an explanation of uh, kind of some stipulations with John Moxley and Swerve and Jay White. Um, it was weird. My feed gave out during that. Uh, they had the little AEW logo down in the corner, but I don't really uh, know what exactly they were trying to get across. There was a uh, lot of so production it, issues for this episode. I, I wrote them down every time I kind of saw them. I'll get into them later, but... Uh, again, I watch on Fight TV, so I actually get to see all the picture in picture, but there's still times where nothing's going on in the arena. So they'll just show like the AEW Dynamite logo for a, like four minutes and then it'll come back. But there was a time where I could hear Tony Chimmel work in the crowd during it. And so it was that, oh, Oklahoma City, so great, so great, best town ever. Who wants us to come back? And then the crowd would cheer and then they go, I said, who wants us to come back? So I got to hear that. And then I got to see, I don't know if you guys, did you see Tony Khan introducing JR for the main event? I did not. So I did, and I don't think I was supposed to, because he came out and said exactly what he did at Portland. He was like, oh, we'll be coming back. We'll be coming back to Oklahoma City. Now let's have the Hall of Famer, JR, Jim Ross. And then Jim Ross came out. So that was my production issues for the night. But again, they weren't that bad. If anything, I got more of the show than I didn't i mean they can kind of chalk anything up to the devil dumpling gang can't they (laughs) they're in the production set like oh it wasn't us it was the devil dumpling gang oopsie poopsie it's like that one week where they were like six seconds behind uh censoring adam copeland so he just dropped an f-bomb on live television and they didn't censor it at all and so it's like, ah, oops, it wasn't AEW, it was the devil. Yeah, just yeah. A dude sitting in the production truck with the mask on, like, uh, one of us isn't supposed to be here, but I don't know. Someone's got to censor this. This is live television. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they have a uh, built-in scapegoat now for any future problems. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. How did it go? If Jay White won, then they'd have to go into the three-way. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, there was Which... no way he was going to win, is there? <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, Who knows? Ooh. Um. So yeah, cool, cool. Um. After that, we get a little recap of Collision. Uh, Danielson beat Brody King. Uh, his eye just got destroyed. It looked like hamburger. Uh, Kingston beat Garcia. Uh, Garcia was made into a star. Even Kingston was uh, impressed. Uh, Claudio beat Andrade with that cheap atomic low blow, um, which I kind of like that kept... Uh, kept things interesting in the tournament so yeah i'm all for it after that we get chris jericho addressing the kenny omega situation uh he says kenny omega is in the hospital with diverticulitis um he's out indefinitely uh even though the golden jets uh, opportunity to become AEW tag champs uh, is affected. The most important thing is Kenny's health. Uh, I agree with that uh, a thousand percent. Uh, he says when Kenny's back, the Golden Jets will resume. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Chris Jericho does Kenny's catchphrase and uh, he also kind of inadvertently got a uh, sympathy chant for Kenny Omega, which he really kind of didn't want to do, it appeared. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm wishing Kenny nothing but a quick recovery. Uh, yeah, this could, you know, be pretty, pretty detrimental to his body, <laughs> for one. Uh, not to mention the AEW product. I mean, that's, you know, the least of our worries. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he can uh, get better, get back. Uh, speaking of uh, getting better and getting back, uh, CJ Perry. With that, do you see the picture of her finger? What happened? Is it broken or? In, like an uh, infection. It started oh. in her finger, went up her arm. She was Ooh. in the hospital for like 50 hours. Oh. Got an emergency surgery. Yeah, the picture looked pretty darn bad. Must and, have been why man. she wasn't on collision. But yeah, also, get like, please, get well soon. All these wrestlers. That's all I wrote down for my notes was not, nothing to say. Get well soon, Kenny. Um, at least for the AEW product, I still feel like, you know, the classic's still firing on all cylinders. It's not done. Swerve has his meteoric rise, and like I, just because I don't really like the MJF stuff doesn't mean the crowd doesn't. So I think there's still lots of other things going around. But regardless, get well soon to those two people. Yeah, I thought yeah. the Jericho promo was classy. It's funny whenever he sort of drops kayfabe and just kind of comes out as a like regular old Chris Jericho. I'm always like, oh, he seems like a really good dude. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a classy promo, and he. You know, he did a he did right by Kenny and uh, did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Love listening to Jericho in interviews or whatever he does. Like he tells stories, he tells them like a comedian. Like he's so entertaining. Like no wonder this 
better and is so entertaining on the mic. Uda thunk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after Jericho, we get a Continental Classic Gold League match. Um, the only two men with zero points in the tournament. Uh, something's got to give. Uh, yeah, neither man can win the tournament. But uh, yeah, this is more for kind of honor than anything. Uh, other last match was Jay Briscoe's uh, tribute match uh, after his untimely passing over the summer. Uh, let's see, Jay Lethal asks Mark Briscoe to chop him. Uh, he slaps Mark Briscoe. <laughs> Mark Briscoe smiles and finally chops him. Uh, God, then they exchange so many chops. Gosh, man. Uh, we get a really beautiful cartwheel drop kick from Jay Lethal to Mark Briscoe. Uh, missile drop kick to Jay Lethal for a one count. Uh, we get a. Both men struggle to suplex. Uh, Lethal ends up getting the uh, suplex. Uh, then we get a Tope Soacita from Jay Lethal to Mark Briscoe on the outside. Uh, Jay Lethal does the Fargo strut on the apron, uh, goes for another Tope Soacita, but Mark Briscoe suplexes Jay Lethal and hits the Nesty Plunge. Uh, Mark Briscoe uses a chair to dive on the outside on Jay Lethal. I kind of like the uh, ref interaction he had. <laughs> He's like, the ref's like, all right, it's all right, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, Jay Lethal hit a uh, elbow drop for two. Uh, oh, yeah, at one point after uh, the chair uh, dive, Mark Briscoe grabs a hat off of one of the fans, uh, get some AE dub chants after that. Um, and at that moment, like that kind of like that's the spirit of AEW. Like, I love how they immediately started chanting AEW, like after a big, like sick move that you're super entertained by, you get this cool, like moment, like that's what AEW is all about. And I feel like they're kind of, they got to be working towards getting to their original goal. I think they're doing that right now. So uh we get mark briscoe doing a fisherman's buster for 2.999 uh death valley driver for mark briscoe to jay lethal mark briscoe goes for the froggy bow but lethal gets his knees up jay lethal hits a j driller uh on mark briscoe oh what a dick move what a heel yeah uh, Mark Briscoe does a burning hammer to Jay Lethal, then finally hits a Jay Driller in the tournament for the win. Standing ovation, crowd loved it. Great match. They shake hands after it. Man, woo! Yeah, that. Uh, what a match. That's all I gotta say. God. <laughs> I yeah. think. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Oh, yeah, no, those two have such great chemistry. Like they that match right after uh, 
his uh, brother's unfortunate passing, uh, you know, has clearly meant a lot to both of them and then uh, carrying it on. And uh, I, I feel like they, they had a talk backstage and it was like, we got to try to steal the show tonight. Like there's a lot of good matches. And I think in some ways it kind of did. It was a great match. I was uh jay lethal not always my favorite wrestler but he's always a really good wrestler i thought he killed it he looks so good and mark like he's he was smiling like him uh when uh when lethal uh, slapped him and kind of got him to rise to the challenge that smile he had and mark briscoe always looks like he's having fun like he genuinely like seems to enjoy being there i loved watching him uh mess with the crowd put that dude's hat on like Man, it makes you want to be like front row to a show just because, like, oh, dude, this it looks so cool. Uh, but yeah, for me, I think uh, hard to say, but I think it kind of for me, it was a match of the night. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, what do you think, Chandler? I would agree with that. I'd even go a little step further. So I was gonna go on a diatribe here. <laughs> There's so many matches we've seen, most of them have been great or at least fine. There hasn't been a single bad match in this classic so far. But what matches will actually stick with you? What matches will actually, like, you'll remember from this? And I'm thinking, for me personally, I'll probably remember, like, Danielson Kingston. I really liked Kingston Garcia because I thought Garcia looked great. And then, like, the energy of Swerve and Mox. Like, all of these fantastic matches. I think I'll remember this match, too. Because it's, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just the two losers. These guys didn't get any points, but... It still was a lot of fun, and like you said, they had something to prove. They were like, look, we're both down on points, but we might get back into this next year. I know they didn't say that, but that's the story they've been telling is like, just because you're out doesn't mean there's not next year to think about, right? You got to think about any points you can get whatsoever. And so, like, man, it was great to see Jay Lethal go so hard, and Mark Briscoe finally hit that stupid Jay driller. Like, we can, we're done. We're not done, but it was it was really satisfying. Uh, and then that Dem Boys chant at the beginning, like, gosh, if you're not planning on doing something with Briscoe after this, please, please plan anything. Like, even if it's just winning a Ring of Honor title, like, that's something. Highlight him. He's great. <laughs> An international title on him. I could be convinced of that. I don't know. I think Rocky Romero is going to win it. That's how that's what I feel. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, after that uh, banger of a match, woo, we get uh, word that MJF has been inducted in the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, pretty cool. Um, saw him talking to uh, who's the owner of the Patriots. Uh, whoever that guy is, <laughs> I'll go with uh, him. Yeah, cool stuff. I just, uh, I just felt good that. for MJF. I was kind of thinking, like, it's really. I know he is a huge star in AEW and all that, but I was just thinking from my WWE brain, it was nice to see an AEW wrestler like recognized so highly. Like, it was also, you know, he's just as important for this organization. I thought that was pretty cool. So, so I wanted to. It's a pretty big deal. Um, after that, we get a Wardlow video package. Uh, he says, this, <laughs> this has always been a battle between good and evil. And the and Max, the clock is ticking. We are getting closer and closer to your world ending. 
We've seen you run. We've seen you cry. We've seen you weak. And soon the world will see you broken. Max, the payment for your sin cannot be delayed any longer. And I will be the one to bring the devil to his knees. Um, yeah, I kind of tried to like pick out any clues out of that. Doesn't really reveal a whole lot. Like clearly he's in the devil dumpling gang. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll happen eventually. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was just me. I kind of got a feeling that yeah, Wardlow isn't interested in titles. He's just in, interested in hurting MJF. So this pitch I have of Joe winning the title at World's End may happen because that's a way to protect the injured MJF is you just have Wardlow powerbomb him 10 times and he pins him and walks away like, kind of a crappy main event but it's how you keep it's how you protect everyone yeah 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 um so yeah after the wardlow video package we get samoa joe in the ring um addressing the whole mjf adam page devil situation uh he says oklahoma city i am samoa joe uh, he is seeking answers. Last week, he was asking the right questions, but not from the right people. Uh, he says Roderick Strong had a good point. Uh, there's no footage of MJF getting attacked. Uh, he was gingerly uh, laid out in the back. Uh, he calls out MJF. MJF comes out. Uh MJF asked if he's accusing him of being the devil. Uh, MJF recalls Samoa Joe saying he would protect MJF uh, and quote, uh, from henceforth, you are my property. Uh, a chant of no show Joe starts erupting in the crowd out of nowhere, right? MJF didn't start that, did he? <laughs> No, um, cool organic uh chant. Uh, he says Samoa Joe doesn't care as much uh, about his property, uh, or cares as much about his property as he does his diet. <laughs> MJF has accusations of his own towards Samoa Joe. Um, then all of a sudden, uh, they're surrounded by dumplings around the ring. Uh, or actually, uh, MGF says when Samoa Joe was surrounded by dumplings, they didn't lay a finger on him. Uh, and why is he waiting for World's End when he can end his world right now? Uh, before they can get uh, fighting, uh a ton of dumplings show up, uh, storm the ring, MJF and Samoa Joe take them all out, more dumplings surround the ring. Uh, the second batch of dumplings are clearly the like core group. <laughs> uh, the lights go out, the devil shows up on the big screen. On the big screen, the following words appear. Uh, where can you go? Who can you trust next week? Will you attempt a challenge? 
for your Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Are you a hero, Max? And both men accept. Uh, we're going to get another redo of uh, that match that never happened, I guess. So Thank goodness. I've been waiting for this rematch. Now, I don't know about you guys. That was an awful segment. Like, like the, the Joe and MJF stuff was fine where they were talking. I liked MJF calling him uh, Joey Samoe. But then when like 20 of the Devil Dumpling gang ran out, I kind of just was like, oh, this is over. Like, why is there a hundred of them now? And they still just won. And then they surrounded the, the ring and nothing happened. So I wrote in my notes, is Dan Housen the devil? And we're just not supposed to take this seriously? Because I'm kind of at a loss. And it's like, oh, no, they're challenging for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Like, I still don't care. So... I think this week is officially the week where I'm over this story. Like, I've not been a fan of it, but I've been letting it play out. This is my, I'm done with it. I'm just waiting for the match at World's End. Yeah, earlier in the day, John Silver uh, tweeted out, so that's where our creepers went. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, because, yeah, it was like, what, first or second episode of uh, AEW, they did a similar thing with... uh, the uh their their faction i also loved uh towards uh when, when they went to accept uh samoa joe yelled, we already beat his boys as asses <laughs> kind of cracks me up a little mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah it's kind of weird for me i i'm really into the devil storyline when they're like accusing someone i really enjoy watching wrestle like oh swerve you're the devil hangman you're the devil i'm like into that but anything involved with seeing the devil dumpling gang do things i'm not into at all so like i'm torn (laughs) i think that's fair because whenever we typically see someone accuse them it's just mjf and adam page backstage and they're having like a really good back and forth and they're throwing barbs out and so at that point it's really not like is hangman adam page the devil it's when will page uh feud with mjf for the title like that's kind of what they're dangling in my mind so i think that's why people really like it and i really like it because the swerve stuff this episode was great and the hangman stuff the last couple episodes were both great like i like what they're building for but again when they actually get to the devil dumpling gang my interest just tanks but a a certain mega star coming out next saved the show so we'll get to that um yeah yeah um but before we get to that um Go ahead and uh, leave a comment uh, in our comment section about uh, how you feel about the uh, Devil Dumpling storyline, the whole Devil Gang and uh, MJF. Who do you think it is? Uh, Even if you think it's the most ridiculous guess ever, let us know. Uh, And yeah, if you have any questions too, uh, go ahead and ask them in the comments and uh, we will definitely address them during the show, uh, probably at the end. I think that'd be a really fun thing to do, too. Uh, so, yeah, uh, comment, like, and, uh, yeah, uh, I know a lot of you out there probably aren't subscribed. Uh, 
yeah, hit that button too. It's free. It's easy. <laughs> uh, and we appreciate your support. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, after that, we get Renee Paquette backstage with Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, Trent, and Rocky Romero. Uh, he didn't have the eye patch on. I kind of kind of bummed me out. Yeah, I didn't uh, recognize him, actually. I was like, is that him? <laughs> uh, Rocky Romero talks about losing his CMLL belt but wants a, quote, new international opportunity, and he wants to bring gold around his pretty little waist. Uh, Orange Cassidy says, okay, fine. I'll see you Friday, Rocky. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll get a little uh, Rampage Rocky Romero versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, how do you feel about that, Chandler? That funny enough, I wasn't thinking about this segment. I was thinking about next segment. I completely forgot about this segment. Um, I mean, I've been Just another pretty, rampage. I've been pretty outspoken of like, what was the point of OC winning at a full gear if he's just going to be on rampage for the next couple of weeks? And again, like he was, he fought Keith David on Collision, but other than that, he's been Rampage King. So I'm not going to watch it, Man. but. I, maybe Rocky will win. Who knows? It's funny for me during that segment, I couldn't stop watching Statlander. Something about her, though, like the way she's tweaked her look or she, how she holds herself. I was like, man, she just like comes off as a really big star to me now, and I don't know why, but uh, I don't know. Just, just like she, I've always like really been into her, but like lately, I was like, damn, she like looks bigger or meaner. I don't know. Uh, Dude, yeah, give me more Statlander, chain. please. Yeah, yeah. Give me more her give me more Statlander. I'm sure the street the, uh, fight helped. That out like when you go through a tough match like that, it always raises the stock of the wrestler. Like I wasn't the biggest Statlander fan before, but I liked her a bit more after it. So I can at least attend to that. Yeah. My yeah. my favorite Statlander moment before all that was uh her her uh first return when she uh, was hiding in the the claw machine for uh, during the arcade match. That that shit was great. Arcade match. What? Miro and Kip Sabian versus best friends. Okay, in, in I... an arcade match, and Statlander was hiding in one of those claw machines. It was kind of ridiculous and kind of awesome. All right, I'll, I'll take it. I haven't seen it. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah, Miro's gimmick when he uh, debuted was uh, like he was called the best man, but he was a gamer, right, Chad? Yeah, yeah. It made it, no sense. It was awful. It did not. <laughs> well, he started out as a gamer. Now he's a misogynist. I mean, once a gamer, always a gamer. This gimmick Ooh. through and through. Ooh, take that, that beards. Throwing barbs at gamers as if I'm not one. Don't don't look back here. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. After uh, uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, we get Soraya versus Riho, uh, and we are privileged to have Tony Storm again on commentary. My gosh! Please give me more of this. Uh, she says Taz is her favorite landlord because he's the duplex machine. I lost it. 
lost my mind when that happened. Uh, anyone around my home must have uh, thought I was going crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, pretty quick match. It it didn't uh, go too terribly long. Uh, not too terribly eventful either. Uh, Riho ended up picking up the win. Uh, early on, Riho did her little smooth bridge out uh, while being pinned maneuver. Uh, Soraya uh, hid behind the security after uh, Riho did some uh, like three Tierras on the uh, floor on the outside. Uh, we get a 619 Soraya from Riho. Uh, Tony calls Riho rambunctious. <laughs> uh, we get a kick from Soraya to Riho's stomach. And Soraya goes for a finisher, but Riho's able to get a Northern Light suplex, and Riho does her stomps to Soraya for the win. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So, uh, Riho, her finisher isn't very impactful to me, so it doesn't really resonate very well. Uh, Soraya's finisher is brutal and pretty pretty uh tough looking but yeah i mean riho's cool she's a great entertainer uh but yeah i i think she could probably uh benefit from a new fresh like brutal finisher uh i don't know what what do you think chad yeah i'd love to see her do a submission i i think that'd be more realistic because like I think if a larger person did her finisher, it would probably look a little more brutal, but she looks like she weighs like 80 pounds. <laughs> like she's amazing what she does. She actually looks rather ferocious. Like while she's fighting in that match, I was, I kept waiting for Soraya to uh, have her big turnaround comeback moment and, 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 uh, and Riho, but then all of a sudden it was just like, it just kind of match just kind of stopped. And you're right. It really didn't feel like a finisher. Uh, I, I think maybe do that move and then turn it into a submission at the end, like do something like uh, the Rings of Saturn or something would be pretty dope. But uh, yeah, for me, it was weird because, yeah, I was like, okay, the comeback's going to come in. Oh, no, it's over. Oh, okay. Uh, but the uh, Tony Storm kind of carried that whole segment for me. I was just laughing the whole time, and there was just kind of wrestling happening in the background. Uh, that I also wrote 619 Booyaka because she did the 619. Yeah, I was, I didn't write it down, but I was watching, I was like, oh, she had a 619, and they called it something completely different. And I was like, oh, I, I am sorry, I'm, I'm mistaken, it's not a 619. But uh, I have tried really hard to take notes about the match, but I couldn't because I was just so entertained by Tony Storm. So here was some stuff I noticed. Uh, of course, you already had the human duplex machine i had to go back and like listen to that again like i there's a joke right now about tipping your landlords and that really tickles me because i've recently had to deal with renting and i don't really deal with the landlord but it, it's just funny this whole joke and so the fact that she's calling him out for it i just loved it uh there was a bit during the match where i think tony shivani was just explaining something and tony storm just cut him off and went we'll be right back after these picture promos and picture and picture and I just cut back to her, and she was posing, and they were like, oh, well, we're going to commercial. Uh, and then 
again, she just cut Tony off and she went, but Sting isn't there. You really don't have anything to say. So she is so harsh on Tony Schiavone. And I, like, it makes me feel bad for Schiavone, but cause it's Storm, I just think it's so entertaining. And I was just kind of thinking like, Luther's great. Cause you probably want like a silent stoic, but can do a little funny uh, physical comedy. Like he's perfect for what role they want. But my gosh, they need to put Kevin Kelly on the Dynamite uh, commentary panel and have Taz run around with Tony Storm and be her manager for a bit. Those two chemistry is so off the wall. Like, it's so good. So I I think that's what I would do to kind of take this up a notch. Or maybe if Tony Storm loses the title and we're like, okay, we're going to go full-blown silly with this because she's not holding the top women's title in our division anymore. Put Taz on her with her. Like, it'll be so entertaining. And then the match is fine. Again, I think I said it last week. I'm glad Riho won because I haven't seen her in a main event pay-per-view style match. Or, I mean, she's not going to main event, but you know what I'm saying. In a big title match at a pay-per-view. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, Soraya nearly landed on her head, but that was it. Yeah, that Northern Lights is uh, pretty uh, pretty tight. <laughs> I feel like once a week, I'm always like, oh, uh. but I mean, it, uh, she looked fine. She didn't hit it, so. Um, but yeah, actually, after Riho wins, uh, Luther carries Tony Storm to the ring, and uh, Tony Storm has opera glasses, which I popped hard for. Uh, Riho does a 619 to Tony Storm, but then uh, none other than Mariah May comes for the uh, comes out for the rescue and uh, hits Riho with the title. And that was a really good title shot. Uh, comparing it to Nick Wayne's mom and Adam Copeland, this was like professional looking. Uh, yeah, looked great. Uh, Tony Storm. Uh, with her funny faces, is <laughs> just too much. Uh, here's a here's yeah. a little fantasy booking, and I just thought of this right now. But like, see what you guys think. So they're obviously telling this story of the jealous fan Mariah May with Tony Storm. But like for me, they're telling it a lot quicker than I thought they would. Like I feel like we would have a little bit more of Mariah May like coming around with Tony Storm. She's already like ignoring her. Already like not paying her any depth. So maybe Mariah May is like getting close to Tony Storm, learning how this silly, timeless Tony Storm wrestles, and they're building up to Mariah May's first opponent being Tony Storm. And maybe she just clobbers her, and that kind of saves, because there are a lot of people that are like, this isn't working for me. Why is this gimmick having the top world title? And I think those people are kind of valid. Like, despite the fact that I like this, it is a little silly. So maybe this is how you build up a little bit back of the women's division is you just have Mariah May clobber Tony Storm and she's like, Here I am, I'm gonna have a big title reign. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, that makes the most sense. Yeah, I somebody's absolutely. really got to hire you as a booker. I want, I really want to see some of your shows. Ooh, uh. Yeah. I, I, I doubt I would do it that well because I would just be like, all right, has Samoa Joe won yet? Oh, it's been 500 matches in a row. He should win a 500 first. Like, come on. 
yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm really, I keep telling myself I need to watch a Mariah May match and, uh, figure out what we're dealing with here, but I'm really liking the, uh, dynamic, uh, with her being the jealous, you know, fangirl and, uh, cause you can see her little facial expressions when Tony Storm ignores her, turns her down for this or that. And like, you know, it's coming. So, uh, <clears throat> and like the fact that she's carrying around the belt, like she already like looks great with the belt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, should be, should be fun. She'll, she'll have that belt at some yeah. point. Just something I was thinking about. Cause this was like the first time where Tony storm has really ignored Mariah may. And like Mariah may was not happy about it. She was like, Hey, I just saved you and you're walking away. You're just leaving me. You're not even acknowledging me. So We'll see. Yeah. We'll see when we get there. And I feel too like everything on AEW right now that isn't Continental Classic is almost like super goofy. Like they're like trying to balance that out. I feel right now. Are you, are you getting that kind of sense at all? Like <sighs> it, the Continental Classic is a serious like sports tournament. So everything else they're doing can be a little, you know, extra playful, goofy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about like what feuds are going on right now. Like uh, the Julia Hart, Sky Black, Abaddon, Thunder Rosa. I wouldn't call that silly, but it also hasn't been that intense. It also hasn't been going on for that long. Uh, You have the FTR and House of Black rivalry, which I mean... I don't think it has yeah, been. I, if it's been silly, it, it's not supposed to be silly. Um, you have the Golden Jackson, Ricky Starks, which is on hold, but that was silly. So that's definitely. And then, of course, you have Devil Dumpling Gang. You got the Tony Swarm stuff. I can see that. Maybe just trying different stuff out. What do you think, Chad? Maybe, well, maybe not things are extra silly. They're extra sports entertaining. Yeah, Maybe that's is how I should have put, put that. Yeah, I, I think AEW's kind of always tried to give you the entire buffet of wrestling styles. So, yeah, I feel like they, that might be a kind of very extreme versions of the scale. And it's definitely that is kind of uh, felt. Uh, well, even but, people watch AEW, they still like sports entertainment. So yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but cool, yeah. We're gonna get uh Tony Storm and Riho at World's End for that women's AW World Championship. Um, after that, we get a uh segment that I really, really didn't like. Uh, Tony Shivani basically read Christian's promo off of a piece of paper. Uh, I really didn't see the value in that at all. Uh, it was kind of funny, like Tony Schiavone making fun of himself through the promo, through Christian Cage's, you know, words. But yeah, I don't know. Christian will be back in uh, San Antonio on Collision. Uh, a lot of the uh, same old, same old kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. 
did you feel the same way? Like, I, I don't think I was, that needed to happen. I was entertained by it. It was only two minutes, you know. I I liked some of the stuff. Like, Tony Schiavone basically said, like, oh, you fans suck, and the fans started booing, and he went, I apologize. So I liked Tony Schiavone's little bit there. And then at the end, after he did the promo, they played Christian's music, even though he wasn't there, he didn't say anything. So I think they were leaning into that, like, Christian's too good for this. He's not going to be here. So yeah, I, I, I can see where you are at, Dave, where it wasn't needed, but I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was funny. That's actually one of my high points. There were many. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Tony Schiavone does put out so well. Like, he sold that for me. And, and like, the wording, like, Christian clearly did write that. It wasn't just, like, I thought it was well done. It made me, it, it cracked me up. I thought it was great. But, uh, yet again, that's it's the wrestling smorgasbord. Yeah, there's something for everyone. I like it when we have just a left field, completely different viewpoint on something. I think that's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, Tony sold it. Like, he just looked so pissed off and put out about doing it, but he did it anyways. Because he's sure. a professional. Yeah. He's been in this industry for 20 years or 30 years or however long he's been in it. So I have faith in the Siobhan. Yeah. Um, Plus, Stig wasn't yeah, there. What we... else was he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll get Christian back uh, on Collision in San Antonio. Um, after that, we get a uh, camera backstage. MJF and Samoa Joe arguing about, uh, you know, having MJF's back and whatnot. Uh, MJF walks away and finds a black devil dumpling mask on the ground in front of the mogul embassy locker room Uh uh-oh uh mjf knocks on the door prince nana answers mjf grabs prince nana uh swerve strickland comes out of the room uh swerve says mjf uh has been ducking him in aew mjf brought up that they used to ride together when they were in the indies MJF says Swerve is not on his level. Uh, Swerve calls MJF the best chauffeur he's ever had. Uh, uh, Swerve brings up Regal and the WWE tryout. And ever since, MJF's been a whiny bitch. Uh, Swerve warns MJF about uh, getting hung with a chain. Um MJF says, I'm your world champion, kid. <laughs> really, really great line that really uh stuck out to me. Uh pull those uh what did I write here? <laughs> pull those hand-me-down uh flavor flav grills out of your mouth when you're talking to me. Uh, MJF accuses Swerve of being the devil, kind of connects the dots with Hangman and Swerve wanting to be AEW champion. MJF uh, says he's the big bad wolf, and if he feels like it, he can blow Swerve's house down. And then while he's at at it, he'll break both of Swerve's arms, uh, so he always swerves when he drives. 
<laughs> uh, Swerve denies being the devil. Samoa Joe walks up and says they have business elsewhere. Uh, great segment. I love it. Uh, that was a cool way to kind of bring in Swerve in the world title picture. Like that solidified it. Uh, MJF even brought up like every interviewer he can tell he wants the world title. Um, yeah, he's been doing that for a few weeks now, and we finally got the like the real catalyst to uh, get him into that picture. Uh, so yeah, I love that they have history too. Uh, I wonder if there's anything. Well, I'm sure there is on YouTube of them doing something. So yeah, that should be really great. I'm I'm loving uh, this feud more than anything devil related uh if the devil wasn't in it this would be a lot better i think but yeah bring it on swerve world champion i want it <laughs> yeah well i think it's like that hangman thing where as long as you're just or uh you're displaying that idea of hey we could do hangman page versus mgf or hey we could do swerve versus mgf for the title i'm I'm interested in both of that. I think my favorite line in the whole thing, you didn't say it. Uh, Swerve mentioned MJF's tryout with Regal that he failed and emails and blah, blah, blah. And Swerve just looked at him and said, you do tryouts. I signed contracts. So, ooh, Swerve actually made it to NXT and all that. But then I kind of like had a, a thought where I was like, but you still got fired. Like, that is kind of an odd burn to be like, ooh, I made it in, but then still got fired. But it was also like, just Vince being stupid because like Shawn Michaels and Triple H were like, okay, we're going to make a faction. Basically the mobile embassy, but not scary, but like a WWE. Um, <clears throat> we'll have the mobile embassy, but all of this is just to build Swerve, to make Swerve look good. And then he got to the main roster and they were like, hey, top dollar, you're the star of Hit Row, not Swerve. So, you know, the guy who just got released and couldn't make it over the top rope uh, was going to be the star of hit row instead of swerve. So that's just interesting, but uh, this was great. Um, and then at the very, very end as Nana was pulling him back in it, he was like, we need to talk about collision last week. So it's a, it's basically official gang. It's Keith Lee versus swerve. I bet it's going to happen at world's end. Yeah, hopefully, uh, they yeah they can have their blow off and uh, MGF can get to the other side of this devil stuff. Uh, then maybe twenty twenty four they could just have those two feud for like a good chunk of the year. That would be amazing. Like throw Adam Page into the mix, do like because all three of those guys have amazing chemistry. Like I could just watch that as an episodic TV for probably months and months. Uh, so yeah, hopefully I'm I'm thinking yeah that'll hopefully be the feud of 2024 would be my guess. Uh, how about you, Dave? What do you think? Yeah, like the untapped potential available from that feud, uh, yeah, endless. Uh, yeah, we got to get Keith Lee and Swerve out of the way. Uh, which hate to say it, Keith Lee will not be coming out on top in that match. Uh, I can't see that being the deal. What if all of this has been to build Keith Lee? What if? 
I, I, I'm on your page, Dave, where I think 100% Swerve will win, and this will just be a good big win for Swerve. But what if all of this was to build Keith Lee back up? Could you imagine? Or Tony Khan just was like, Clever. I'm, I'm bored of Swerve. I want to see what Keith Lee can do. Just as Keith Lee win. Could you imagine? Yeah, People three would months from now, Swerve, Swerve's winning like the ROH uh, TV title. He barely beat Kyle Fletcher. Let's go. Shout out to Fletcher for winning a title. I want to put that out there, but he, he got new ring gear too. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, see where that all leads. Um, after that, we get a nice little impromptu Roderick Strong and Commander match. Uh, Roderick Strong kind of hinted at this uh, on Collision, said Commander was going to be his new victim. Uh, Roderick Strong uh, keeps Commander grounded. Uh, he doesn't want to let him uh, do any high-flying shenanigans. Uh, Commander backflips. Uh, into like a superhero pose, but <laughs> Roderick Strong just comes up and knees him in the face. <laughs> uh, you get a backbreaker to Commander. Then uh, Roderick Strong tries to rip off Commander's mask. Commander, uh, Commander's back is hurting from all the backbreakers. Uh, Commander does a Phoenix Splash to Roderick Strong for a two count. The Kingdom pull Roderick Strong out of the ring, but Commander moonsaults on all three men. Uh, but Roderick ends up taking the win with the end of Heartache. Uh, yeah, every match I see Roderick Strong in, I, I, I'm more and more uh, intrigued, uh, and I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Roderick Strong every every week too. So, yeah. Freaking backbreaker after backbreaker. Love to see it. Uh, yeah. How do you guys feel about uh, Roderick Strong? I thought he looked much stronger in this match than the Hangman match. They had a really good chemistry. Uh, this was more of the strong I've been hoping to see. He looked, you know, crisp, tough, precise. Like, I love how, like, calculated everything he does looks. Uh, yeah, that that jumping knee uh, as uh, as the counter to the aerial attack was pretty dope, and uh, the uh, his finisher he got that extra rotation on him. It actually caught him in the front. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, I was I was really into this. Uh, then of course finishes up, throws the neck brace back on. Uh, all in all, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, his little promo at the end there. My wife was cracking up, sitting there listening to him on the on the couch. So that, that's always a that's always a good sign when you know she she's uh, she's giggling at uh, what what someone's saying. Uh, what do you think, Chandler? Uh, I thought it was fine. Um, it wasn't a bad match, but I just I guess with these commander matches, I never see him winning, so I don't really get invested in them because I think. The one time I've seen him win, correct me if I'm wrong, but the one time I've seen him win, it was a tag team, and Penta won that match. And it was against the the JAS guys, so it's not like he really beat anyone that was like, whoa, crazy. So 
I think they just have Commander in uh, as a sub for Ray Fenix until he's fully healed and back from injury. But the match was fine. Um, they said Commander was 25. Holy crap, this dude is insane for 25. Like, I keep every time they bring out a young wrestler, they're like, oh, he's like 18 and he can do a 450, like standing, like just on the ground. I, I throw up. I can't imagine that. So, um, but yeah, I liked the bit at the end where they started putting up the signs and it's all MJF is the devil. So this is their kind of them spreading their propaganda. And those came back for the main event. So we'll get to that. Ooh, by the way, you just spoke of uh, fe- waiting for Phoenix to get cleared. Uh, he was supposed to be at Rosalind 7, but he will not be ready for that. He was going to fight, uh, uh, what's his name, Sumerai Del Sol or Kalisto. Uh, so they've replaced him with Leo Rush. Oh, Dude, that is going <laughs> to be off the hook. Is uh okay? Ooh, like is, two weeks away. Leo Rush. Leo Rush was in WWE, right? He was yeah. Bobby Lashley's manager. Okay, yes. okay. He That's is, awesome. Uh, he is a little pitbull, too. Yeah, I know he was more so in AEW, but I couldn't think of him in AEW. I only thought of his WWE stuff. Yeah, he had some pretty memorable. Uh, in uh, on NXT too, he, he was he's quite fantastic. He's like. The way he like just changes direction on it, like it's pretty amazing. Uh, That's very... uh, January sixth, right or seventh? Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Okay. Very, what time very, is it? Very satisfying. I do not remember. Okay. We'll Although, stay six, tuned on the channel because I do plan on uh, hopefully doing us at least a quick review on that show. I was oh, thinking. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to promise it, but maybe I'll try to do a vlog. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to maybe get some footage of the line and us like in line or going in a little and something, you know, throw it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should yeah, be maybe. should be fun. I can't maybe can't try wait, to interview man, some that... nut cases after the show too. What'd you guys think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like some of the cool. some of the fans there. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool with the Roseland, the uh, like merch tables, like you actually can just go down there and like the wrestlers are just there, like are at the table. So maybe I maybe we can get a like if you're not listening to grapple sauce, you're an idiot or, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, should be great. I I'm really uh, looking forward to you, Chandler, having your first uh, prestige prestige cherry popping <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it i uh it's been a while since i've been to real local wrestling i watched a couple wrestle sport if you guys have ever heard of that promotion um i'm trying to think of anyone so there was I, oh i saw a young darby allen there before aew so that was pretty cool what? um i saw you remember chris masters and mason ryan the yeah. first show i went to there with the main event and then the second show I went to, I don't remember anyone except for a guy. I think his name is Justin Hammer or Hammerstone or something like that. Like, I think. Oh, yeah. He's he's uh, MLW. I was going to say, at least on the indies, I think that guy's a pretty big deal. So I got to see him. He was pretty damn good. It's always crazy not to crap on the indie wrestlers, but you can always tell when it's like, here's the indie wrestler. 
here's the guy who's about to be picked up by a big promotion, just hasn't been snagged yet. And so Hammerstone was one of them, but if he's hasn't been picked up yet, I wonder why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, ready for prestige. It'd be a really great night. And uh, yeah, we'll kind of do a little recap. Uh, we'll figure out something for our audience uh, to relay to them what we uh, what we uh, experienced. So yeah, but uh, moving on on Dynamite, we get a uh, recap of Collision matches coming up, and boy oh boy, we are getting a lot of matches on Collision. Uh, we get Julia Hart in Sky Black versus Thunder Rosa and Abaddon. Can't wait for that match. Uh, we're beginning the Keith Lee uh, rampage to swerve with Keith Lee versus Brian Cage. Uh, we get Action Andretti in Top Flight versus The Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. We're going to get... Uh, Final match for both men in the tournament, Claudio versus Brian Danielson. Uh, same thing for Brody King, Garcia, and Andrade and Kingston. Uh, I think out of the last three um, Continental Classic Blue League matches, I think I'm looking forward to Andrade Kingston the most. I think that'll have the most drama. Uh, yeah, I think that'll that'll be the one. Uh, Brody looking... King is gonna gonna oh. hurt Garcia. He's taking that. Uh, Danielson is beating Claudio. <laughs> See, I don't know why I feel this. I think Garcia is gonna beat Brody. I feel it in my gut because I think they're having this trio or this three way for the Gold League. I think they're gonna keep the Blue League as like cut and dry as possible. So I think Danielson will win, and I think Kingston will win, which will put those two in the finals. And if Garcia beats King, it spoils him, so he can't. So I, <laughs> I, and I think they'll tell an absolutely brilliant David and Goliath story. That's my big bold prediction for Collision, and that's why that's my most anticipated match. Just because I don't know why I think Garcia is going to win it. I that'd be a really right. great story. That'd be a great great storytelling. Yeah. And Andrade's got to lose so he can face Miro at World's End. <laughs> uh, yeah. So after that, we get our main event of the night. Uh, Continental Classic Gold League match. Jay White with nine points versus John Moxley with 12 points. Uh, good to have Jim back. Uh, good old Jim Ross. Uh, right off the bat, Jay White kind of stalls, uh, gets out of the ring, wastes some time. Uh, Moxley ends up getting Jay White in a rear naked choke immediately. Hammer and anvil elbows to Jay White. Uh, really nice pile driver to White. Moxley slams Jay White into the timekeeper's table uh back body drop to jay white on the stage for moxley 
they meander their way back to the ring. Jay White uh, clips John Moxley's leg uh, when they're at the turnbuckle. Moxley's leg is definitely hurt from that. The ref checks on him, uh, but Jay White knocks Moxley off the apron. Uh, Jay White gets a Muda lock applied to John Moxley. Um, really loud chops to Moxley's back. Uh, Moxley starts to get mad and fired up. Uh, he ends up stomping Jay White. Uh, Moxley chops uh, Jay White's back on the top turnbuckle and bites Jay White's head. Then we get a really beautiful superplex. John Moxley dives on Jay White on the outside. Uh, John Moxley's knee is definitely hurt at this point. Um, I wrote down uh, Jay White's uh, mouth is foaming <laughs> at this point. Uh, Jay White, uh, let's see. Uh, something about Jay White nails. Uh, I can't read my writing. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm too excited. Jay White mm -hmm. baits and switches the ref with a chair oh, and nails yeah. Mox with another chair. Uh, John Moxley ends up beating the 10 count at nine. Uh, Jay White goes for the Blade Runner, but Moxley reverses into a paradigm shift for two. Moxley knees Jay White in the head for a two count, and then Moxley elbows and then gives a cutter to Jay White. Uh, we get a sleeper suplex and a Uranagi to John Moxley for two. Uh, Kiwi Crusher for a two count to John Moxley. Uh, Moxley fights out of the Blade Runner. Big Lariat to Jay White. Uh, then we get a Blade Runner. Clean win for uh, Jay White. Really, really nicely done. Like, that was a hard-fought match, and uh, that really uh, upped uh, Jay White's stock in my in my book. That really made him uh, look like a main eventer for sure. So, yeah, great match. The like everything that Moxley had, Jay White had something to come back with, and vice versa. Um, yeah, it was a really even match. Uh, more so than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, really loved it. Great main event, great match. Uh, yeah, loving the tournament. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I love how Box was hot out of the right out of the gate. No selling white, uh, hitting those the hammer and anvil strikes. Uh, then like white just kind of kept finding a way to stay in it, and then eventually uh, take control. Like I feel like he really like leveled up to john moxley's league uh now my hulu didn't take into account the uh the overrun so it actually so i was watching that it just flipped over to young sheldon so yeah. uh so so i literally hear in my notes says uh says uh show's over lol mox wins that i actually looked it up on uh on uh on uh youtube because i was like i just figured box one i'm gonna go to bed and i was like holy sh 
holy ass, except I didn't say ass. White effing wand, except I didn't say effing. Uh, I did not see that coming at all. I was I was very shocked. Also very satisfied. Uh, then him, uh, when Swerve comes out at the end doing the dance, then just kicking Mox a few more times for giggles. I was like, dude, this is how you make a star. Like another one. Like they are just churning them out because of this thing. Also, I had a question I wanted to pose to you guys. How do you elevate Swerve more? Have him beat Mox? Nah, bro. Have him beat Mox and White. Stack him up like Roman Reigns. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. That is such a, that pack them, stack them, and pen them is so cool. Yeah. Ugh, I mean, yeah, cool. this was a this was a great match. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm a Jay White apologist. I think he is fantastic. I think I'm loving him. Uh, putting him in this tournament was a great shout. And you know, I didn't like. I didn't think a trio was a possibility. I didn't think we'd ever get a triple threat. So the fact that it's my three favorites to win in the Gold League, all getting a triple threat. Hell yeah, I'll take that. And. Uh, you can always protect Swerve because you'll either have Mox pin White or White pin Mox, and you know Swerve lost, but he still didn't get pinned, and he can fight Lee at World's End. Um, yeah, uh, I think my favorite part, uh, just that immediate, like insane pile driver right at the first like minute, and then there was another spot where Jay White like threw Mox onto the stairs, and the ref went out, and he just went, Jesus. Jesus! Like I, I love it when the refs add their input on these matches, and they're like, "You guys are going too far," but I'm not gonna do anything. But you're too far, Jay White. So, and then the clean finish, man, they're protecting that Blade Runner. I don't think anyone's kicked mm. out of it, at least since I've been watching. So, yeah, protected finishers are cool because that means whenever someone does kick out of it, it's huge. So. Think anyone's ever gonna kick yeah. out of the one wing at Angel? Oh yeah. You're gonna have like one more person kick out of it. I don't know who. Uh, yeah, great great tournament. Great, good episode. I uh yeah, like I always say, you know, I, I watch it twice to, you know, really make sure I have good notes. But every time I do that re rewatch, man, like I, I think I'm more into it than I was live. <laughs> uh, you just, you know, you, you see a little more, you catch, catch another thing you didn't see before. And yeah, like I, I love watching AEW wrestling. <laughs> it's uh very, very satisfying. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is cool. I'm, 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 uh, I'm uh, really looking forward to World's End too. Like that is just around the corner. Yeah, uh, what? Like just a week ago, I was kind of texting you guys. Like, I don't know. Like, I'd be dropping fifty bucks for this uh, thing if we weren't reviewing it now. I'm like, okay, now I'm hooked. Good job. It's shaping it got, up. It got me in the end. It's shaping up. Uh, that's what they do, man. AEW is all about the weak build and the over deliver yeah. on the pay per view. I keep on so, saying, I think the most anticipated match, we still don't know the two competitors in it, so. Yeah, true. Yeah, that tournament is really what I want to see. 
I mean, yeah. we're about to enter the last rounds. Any uh, final predictions? I predict it's going to be Mox and Kingston with Kingston going over. What do you two think? Ooh, are they are they are they going to finally? That'll be the way they. I I don't know why. It just kind of, as soon as Kingston beat Claudio, I was like, oh, he's going to come back and win the whole thing. So I think Kingston will have this triumphant win over Brian Danielson and I'll have a triumphant win over Moxley. That's what I feel. Because that way, you know, you've built all these stars, but you can keep Eddie Kingston doing exactly whatever he was doing before this tournament. But now he has an AEW belt that he can bring around to wherever he's going or whatever he's doing. I would tug on my feels too, because then it'd tie back into uh, him looking at Renee. Then uh, I'm gonna fix this because Mox has been kind of a jerk. Uh, yeah, no, man, I need that now. See, you you need to book stuff. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. That they're laying the seeds. I I just think they're doing it well. Of like Mox is this <laughs> big heel. He's probably the biggest heel in the whole tournament. And he's on the other side. That's a great person for someone to beat. And then, like, you think of someone on the blue side, like, who do I want to win? Garcia. Well, he's not coming back. So I just think Kingston makes the most sense of this big underdog babyface story. And it's been entertaining. You tell one, you tell one hell of a story that way, and you free up Swerve for Keith Lee, and you free up Andrade for Miro. Everything's solved. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, gentlemen. Uh, any uh, interesting wrestling news? We got to do highs uh, and lows before uh, then. Just sneak them in real oh, quick. Yeah, I'll get yeah, mine first. That. Uh, my high point was the crowd because I don't think I had one thing that was like better than everything else. I was kind of struggling to pick my high point, like. I can't give it to Tony Storm two weeks in a row. I give it to Tony Storm like every week. Um, and then like no match was like so much better than anything else on the card. A lot of good matches. So I'm going to shout out the crowd. They really made yeah. this. Again, I said it at the beginning. They made this episode must see. Um, my low point, I would just say the Devil Dumpling Gang specifically. I kind of like, again, there was like 20 jobbers that ran out and they all had silly masks and they just like threw them all out of the ring. So I, I'm over it. But what about you two? Um, well, yeah, my low point, I agree. Devil dumpling gang, uh, all the unemployed dark order creepers were like, Ooh, we got a job. <laughs> Tony so, Khan's like, here's a yeah. fiver. Can you go run out and jump out of the ring? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, they created a new problem. Like now either they have to explain why there are 20 of them or <laughs> you think they're going to explain that. Yes. No, silent. even worse. They never, they never do. Yeah. They never will. And it makes no sense. Yeah, like, yeah. That's even worse. So well, that's what they're doing. So, but my high point, uh, Tony storm all the way. Maybe it'll uh maybe it'll be uh maybe it'll be the uh, the dark order was is the uh, behind the devil all along. Oh, Ooh, Chad! Wow. Okay. Or 
Maybe it's just Dalton Castle has a lot of boys. So More many boys. boys. I didn't even think that was a that was a it's possibility. The, uh, I keep on forgetting our Dalton Castle pitch. That's the dark horse of <laughs> theories right there. I will. <laughs> I'll be the biggest AEW super fan if it's Dalton Castle. But like you okay. just know if they reveal it to be him, that crowd's gonna be dead. They're gonna be like, who is that? Like <laughs> what? It's that guy. Like I was not expecting, me. Not I was me. expecting CM Punk, but and then right. we're just like, <laughs> boys, 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 boys. Um, you gotta stock up on Purina, boy. Ciao. <laughs> I'm running low. I'm running low. I'm embarrassed how low I'm on that. Yeah. So my uh... low, low point. Oh, sorry. Oh go. Did you do it? Uh, okay. Uh yeah, my low point, obviously the creepers. That was really the only thing I could pick out in the whole show. And I still thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I didn't really care that much. Uh, but all in all, the whole show I thought was pretty stellar. Uh, my high point, I'm actually gonna go throw down uh the Jay Lethal match. Uh I thought they tried to steal the show and they Man, it's a tough show. There was so much good wrestling, but I think their case could be made that they pretty darn near succeeded. It was a really good match for me. So, good job, Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe. You did awesome. Yeah, I want them. I want Jay Lethal to turn face. Uh, they did shake hands after it. So, um, I, and they did hint at him, like realizing he doesn't need uh, Jeff Jarrett. And all them, so I, I, I think we're we're well on the way to Jay Lethal being a face. As long as this means they get to see Jeff Jarrett on TV, I'm all in. Yeah, True. whatever way that happens, I want that. Maybe the, <laughs> maybe the next feud will be uh, Jeff Jarrett against Black Machismo. Take all, my buddy. Please, yeah, Chandler, you need to uh, look into that a little bit. Pretty good, pretty good stuff. Uh, cool, yeah. All right, get our highs and lows out of the way. Uh, now we can uh, talk about a little wrestling news. Anything good, gentlemen? I need to say it. I haven't heard much. I haven't seen much. Uh, WWE was quiet this week. There was no Pepsi Man. Um, I guess the big news for WWE is they're getting Christmas off. So. That's nice. Yeah, pretty um, quiet. The only, year, huh? the only thing I got is, uh, what do you think about uh, the possibility of Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount merging that could throw all of our wrestling into turmoil? Well, because <laughs> I'm having like AEW Time Warner flashback scary feelings with WCW. Yeah. Um, I hope not. I hope I hope they can see that like wrestling is in a better spot than it was in 2001. Funny enough, like AEW is in a better spot than WCW was in 2001. So hopefully they won't cut it. But again, you look into like the story of why WCW was cut. They wanted to cut WCW the entire time. Like no one on Turner wanted it except for Ted Turner. It took Ted Turner being ousted from power for them to go, oh, now we can cancel WCW. 
So um, I don't I don't think that they would just cancel it brazenly, but they would pro- they might drop it off if this whole CM Punk and WWE nonsense kind of takes over. But I mean, I hope AEW just continues. I hope they get a good TV slot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, kind of the big news I saw. Yeah, I hear uh, Bode going to uh, AEW is kind of dead in the water. Uh, where would you guys like to see her end up? Uh, teaming with uh, Fatu and Impact. Yeah. Or Impact TNA. Seemed to be. Pretty damn stacked. That'd be great to see. Uh, right. Sammy Callahan landed in TNA too. Did you hear that? Oh, I thought he was a TNA guy. Where was he initially? No, I lied. He's an MLW. He just signed to MLW. Okay. I was like, I yeah. thought he was. He was a free agent. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that... what Matthew Riddell is uh, landing as well. Oh, okay. People were potentially speculating that Sammy Callahan was the devil. So I guess that kind of like only internet people were, but it was like, oh, hey, maybe you introduced this new guy and it's Sammy Callahan. And I. I guess not. Um, I guess this isn't news, but I just kind of wanted to hear what you guys think about it. I keep on seeing reports, not reports, but a lot of insiders think Jericho might be going back to WWE at the end of his next contract. You guys, I don't, I wouldn't think so. I think he's got too much stock in AEW, but do you guys see that happening? I mean, I think he could hold out to get that hall of fame induction till he's actually retired. Um, yeah, I just don't really put a lot of stock in that. Uh, I don't want to believe that. <laughs> I think it'd be, um, as much as he's, you know, had more of a career in WWE, I just think it'd be odd. You know, I, I think as much as I've been He's, critical, as much as I've been critical on Jericho, he is still good. And I think the best place he'll be um, demonstrated is AEW. So I think he's just uh, showcased more than I would like, is how I would put it. But um, I think it would be worse in WWE. I think he would be like a comedy guy and they'd bring him around like once a year. Like Jericho's better than that. I just don't don't think he's as good as what he's doing now. Yeah, no, the best thing Jericho ever did was go away, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, he would feel himself start to get stale, and then he would, like, go on tour with Fozzie or something for a few months, reinvent himself, and come back. He's consistently been on AEW since day one, and maybe he just needs to go on the Jericho cruise, not be on TV for a few months and then come back with maybe, uh, you know, a tweak to his character, whatever. Uh, cause, cause you know, he did that WWE often and he was always like, Oh wow. I'm super, super happy. He's back and he's really interesting. Then he'd start to get stale and he'd disappear again. I could even see like Jericho takes his one or two year hiatus. You sneak him into the WWE hall of fame then. Because then it's easy, like, oh, he should 100% be a WWE Hall of Famer. Like, he main evented a mania. He won the Undisputed Championship, all that nonsense. He 100% deserves to be in. So he takes this year or two long hiatus. You get him in, and then you get, like, 
that's it. That's the last time we see Jericho in WWE. You could even do that with Brian Danielson because he ends his um like full time wrestling this coming up year or whatever. Um, and so you just have him go on this lax schedule, but then you just throw him into the Hall of Fame like ah Daniel Bryan, yes, 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 and then he goes back to AEW. So that's at least me. I know that Hall of Fame doesn't really matter, but I would still like to see these guys get recognized on a grand stage. And it's not like they won't get recognized at AEW, but there's just, to me, there's something when you see a name go up against all those like San Martino and Gagne and Hogan and Austin, like all these all timers. It's just nice to see them all together in one spot. I kind of feel like from what I've read, that Danielson and Jericho have too much uh, influence with Tony Khan. They're kind of like his right-hand man, like, like, from what I understand. Like, I think they've got a really cush, like, spot to where they're guaranteed to be part of the backstage magic for, you know, forever. So I think that would be... Uh, It'd be tempting for them to get that Hall of Fame uh, love, but I think they could play a pretty crucial role for Tony Khan. You know, they're ba- they're basically his like John Laurinaitis and uh, the other guy. Well, to be fair, to be fair, they have done stuff like this before, to specifically be for the Hall of Fame. Because uh, like the same year Ric Flair went in with the Horsemen, he was in TNA. So they inducted the horseman with Ric Flair while he was working okay. for DNA. So again, all, all I'm asking Tony Khan is going to let them do it. Yeah. He's going to, hey, you go to this ceremony, no big deal. He might try to get something in return. Like, oh, again, well, Christian went down and I think he was nominated for their Hall of Fame or he put Sting in their Hall of Fame. Like, and Christian was working for WWE. So. You have Cody Rhodes go down and shake MJF's ham on an AEW something. I don't know. Like you do a little swapsies. You have Jade Cargill go stare down someone. You have Lexus King with all his registered Lex offenders. Where are we at, baby? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm just going to derail my thought because I, I can't get over that. That's the best thing I've ever heard. And it's so terrible. It makes me like Lexus King. Have you heard about Lexus King and NXT? No. Oh, really? He's terrible. I saw this oh. one clip where, um, like, he has sunglasses and he takes them off. And he's trying to put them in his like pocket, like a shirt pocket, no, without can't looking. Do it. And he's like, because uh, 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 it's not a real pocket. And then he's like, oh well, whatever. Like mid promo. You guys should look up some Lexus King and see how your boy is doing. Cause it, it's just <laughs> funny seeing some of these AEW talents where like Cody Rhodes is a mega star, Jade Cargo's a mega star they're building up, and Lexus King is in NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. But uh yeah, they can do some kind of trade, have something cool happen. Um, yeah, would they work out with uh Mickey James with Impact to be in the Rumble? Wasn't she the Impact Women's I, Champion? 
I don't think they did anything other than they said the Impact Women's Champion is in the Rumble. I think that's enough, honestly. Um, but I, I don't think anyone went down to Impact. And then again, you had another one where it happened, I think, this year, where Shinsuke Nakamura went over and wrestled uh, Great Muda and Noah because he wanted him in his retirement tour. And then they got to put Muda in the uh, Hall of Fame. So, tit for tap. Yeah, I think something can be worked out. Uh, I'd like to think there could be a cordial relationship, but uh, agreement <laughs> made between the two companies. Uh, we're not going to get like a super show or anything, but I would love that. But I, I like as much yeah. as I like to fantasy book that. Let's just keep this in reality here, where those are going to be real men with real egos and. Telling MJF, the AEW champ, to be pinned by Roman Reigns, the WWE champ. Like, I get not wanting to deal with any of that. All I'm saying is, you have Cody Rhodes go to Dynamite, say, ah, all in's coming up. And then you have um, Brian Danielson be like, hey, guys, yes, yes, yes. Thanks for inducting me. Go watch Collision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we'll yeah, set, I we'll think that'll Cody be the Rhodes, but only uh, only as Stardust. Ah, uh, could you? I would. That'd be the best case. <laughs> no, that'd be that'd be awful. Don't bring Brandy though. She'd get a hero's welcome. Make me so excited to see her. Uh, only, only if they uh, threw Dan Lambert in. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of missing. <laughs> Tony Khan, what are yeah. you doing? Bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, heard anything else too uh, gripping going on right now in professional wrestling. Uh, yeah, I think that might about do it. Um. Yeah, great show, great episode of Dynamite. Collision should be really good, too. So, uh, yeah, based off the matches announced. Uh, cool. All right. Well, I think that will about do it. Uh, thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Grapple Sauce. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. That'll really help out our channel. And uh, give us a comment and a like. Uh, they're all free to do. So, uh, yeah, thank you all out there. Um, uh, stay safe, happy holidays, and have a good one. Bye. Peace. Thanks for watching. By the way, we won't have an official collision review. We won't have a long-term podcast. Yeah.